And we're live. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sandy. Thank you very much for coming to Anonymous Reporting Part One. I have some awesome people that are with us this, this evening. And um, I would like to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Um, hello. Hello. Hi. I'll myself first, I guess. Yes. Jessica, Jessica Seitz, I'm here all the time. I am uh, president of Nurses Against Violence and um, also run a small YouTube channel that's uh, for fun, but also does some things uh, that encompass some uh, nursing issues that are going on currently, like bullying, etc. It's called Nurse Jessica Seitz, and I am here to support my fellow nurses. And uh, I just wanted to mention, I just got a new computer, so I was just trying to find the screen so I can actually see everybody. So I, I apologize. So we also have some, hello, Jessica. So we also have some a uh, couple other guests tonight. Um, we have Candy and we have Tamara. Nice to meet you. Hello. Hi. So Candy. Um, so Tamara and Candy. Candy, we're going to start with you first. So um, we were we were chatting just briefly um, a little bit last week. We were discussing about you know the circumstances, the things that have happened to you, and um, with you know it's a little bit different of a story. Um, something that we're we haven't really talked about about um, issues in the workplace in, in regards to sexual harassment. So, and I really would like you to share your story because it's absolutely like jaw dropping. So, <laughs> if you could please do us the honor. Oh. How short do I need to make this? <laughs> um, so I've been a nurse almost 25 years and always worked in direct patient care. Usually labor and delivery and pediatrics are my area of expertise. In 2010, I was in a really bad car wreck, which led me to decide to go up the career ladder in patient management because I wasn't released back to direct patient care yet. So I pursued the management route. I was um, hired as clinical nurse coordinator for a rather large organization and was running their pediatric neurology clinic. I had two physicians that I worked directly for. Um, the one physician fairly soon on hire with me started sexually harassing me. He would make comments on my body and my legs on my butt, on my clothes that I would wear. And then he would very frequently say, I better be careful, I've been fired for this before. But I never knew exactly what he meant by that. Um, over time, it progressed to asking to get hotel rooms with me. He'd buy me a bikini if he could see me wear it. He talked about pornography around me. He also brought in magazines with scanty, scantily clad women and would actually show coworkers that wouldn't these dresses look really nice on candy. Um, just repeated comments about, oh, I wanna see you get dressed. I wanna watch you, how you wear your clothes. It never stopped. And he made those comments in front of other employees. He also would want to know who I'm dating, what I was doing. I was coming out of a divorce and I had two children. I landed my dream job, a job I absolutely loved and adored. It, I wanted that job, but it led me to the point of 
anxiety, insomnia, depression, irritable mood swings. I was being seen by my primary for all those health conditions and getting medications to the point that I became suicidal. At that time, my ex-husband and my current husband now just started dating me were my sources of support and saying that you have to, you know, go after this because this isn't right. And if you commit suicide, your children lose and he wins. So in reporting it finally to management after he was starting to actually make comments about patients as children was my final straw. I I, before I reported it, I researched in depth at the consequences of reporting and why women don't report, why people don't report. Um, if I refer to women, I don't mean to offend anybody. It's just the majority of reporters are women or, you know, that this occurs to. And I also, when I state nurses, it's all inclusive. I just refer to nurses. So again, not to offend anyone and leave anyone out, but that's my point of reference as a nurse and as a female. Um, so anyway, in my research, I... All the consequences that I read when you report a fear of retaliation, loss of job, loss of your character, loss of integrity, no one will believe me. All that stuff came true to me. So it, I was so scared of that. It took me a while to report it, but I did report it. And I actually resigned at the same time because I feared the worst. When I reported it, they immediately suspended him, but I had to keep working in my full capacity to the point that I was actually now performing procedures without a physician under over my direct care, which then I also rebuked with the state of Nebraska and can a nurse, am I performing within my scope of practice if I don't have a physician over me currently? So then I kind of argued with management on, I can't do this. It's not in my scope of practice. We had big old nerve stimulators is what I was working with. And I don't have a physician's order right now to do this. So I kind of butted heads with management a little bit. And it came to the point that one day my direct supervisor came to my office and she said, you need to pack up your belongings. And she escorted me to the car off property. Oh. So all of my fears came true that I was lost my job. I felt like I lost my career at that time. I left in tears and again as a single mom with two children I was left wondering what my future held so again thank goodness for Google I don't know if it's right or wrong but I did it and started looking at attorneys unfortunately a lot of corporations have contracts with every law firm in like a 60 to 90 mile radius no matter what law firm and what city I called locally it was once I said the employer's name it was, oh, we can't represent you because we represent that institution. So yeah. I had to, I found an absolutely phenomenal work comp law firm or not work comp, but employee relations, whatever you call them, law firm out of Des Moines, Iowa, about three hours from my area in Omaha, Nebraska. And I had to interview with them and tell them my case and they had to accept my case and we did, and I was tied up in the legal system for approximately four years. And again, going through the legal process as a victim, you are completely victimized again. The interrogations, the mass quantity of depositions. My attorneys wanted me to go to every single deposition. We deposed every family member, every friend who knew my story. They were deposed all from clear the top 
all the way down to the nurses that worked for me at my employer were deposed. There was so many people that witnessed it and told me, oh my God, I can't believe he's doing this to you. I'm here for you. But when they were deposed, they were still employed. They were afraid to speak up also about it because a lot of their questions were answered. I don't know. I don't recall. And Mm -hmm. I left every deposition completely crushed, completely crying because no one stood by me. Um, it came down to there was one physician and one nurse that spoke the truth and said, yes, this happened. This was unacceptable. Um, this year in May, we had to decide if we were going to settle out of court because as of June 1st, it was up for trial. And we don't know when it would have gone to trial. Just any time after that, we could have been called to trial. I couldn't stand the thought of going on trial. It'd probably go national because it's a very large organization. Um, destroying my character, destroying my reputation, destroying my career. I have two teenage daughters that, you know, I don't want them to see their mom portrayed that way. I'm fighting hard for what I believe in. And the defense team is out to destroy me. I had to go to Chicago on my own dime to get coached, to get counseled, to get analyzed by a Dr. Louise Fitzgerald. She's like the nation expert in sexual harassment in the employment. So I went through a lot of a lot of hell to get to where I was. In fact, after all those depositions and again, having my character and integrity destroyed, I was suicidal. Um, I went through a lot. I had a wonderful husband, a wonderful family who supported me 100% in the way. It did require emergency visits and therapy. And again, my if you are a victim and counseling is okay, get counseling, but find the therapist who works for you. The first one, her and I were not a match. So I pursued on and finally found a great therapy team that worked for me that I could fit with. So that is key into healing. And now my mission is 100% to help other victims become survivors. The final step in my healing is to help be a voice for others because it is a brutal, hellacious process once you're in the legal system. I really appreciate you sharing that story with me. This is like- the Absolutely. And it, it really hurts hearing these kind of stories. Um, you know, and I appreciate your bravery um, for coming forward and you're watching that really need to hear these things um, because I'm right. sure they're being sexually harassed in the workplace um, you know and I would like to mention too um, as as we've said before um, we are not therapists um, we are here to try to help the nursing community to heal and to help everybody to unite and fight the common Absolutely. issues that we're having um to be able to make it a safe and you know great workplace where you know right. we're not against employers we're not against organizations we would like to make right. them better if they give us a chance right. so and that's not with just us that's with every single person watching um and you know we are not doing anything maliciously to attack anybody right so um and i, hey, I, Andy, I can i ask a question yes so not to go into a story, but I, I had something similar happen to me, but um, I was able to crush it quickly, luckily. Uh -huh. um, did you at any point, and I, I, I mean, forgive me if you mentioned this, I don't think you did, you say, stop, this is not appropriate, not, I, I 
do not, I'm assuming you did at some point. Did you ever say, I don't feel comfortable with you talking to me in this nature? Because I had somebody similar that I had to do that with. Um, and when I did in fact call him out, he was embarrassed. And then he he stopped and it no, it no longer occurred. Um, right. But I just was curious as to how or if that happened. You know, no, I did not and directly. And it's okay if you didn't. That's, it, it's, <laughs> it doesn't mean that it still, it was okay for him to continue. Right. He, I'm just curious. He knew my sense of uncomfortableness and so did everyone else in the room and not one person ever approached it, approached him on it. And again, I think a lot of it was fear of the consequences. Yeah. He's a physician and we're just a nurse. So yeah, unfortunately, live and learn. That is my advice for everyone. Exactly do what, do that is nip it in the bud, tell them immediately, you know, this behavior makes me uncomfortable. It's not appropriate. It needs to stop and then right. go above and beyond that. If necessary. that doesn't mean that it would have, I mean, you know, right. Right. a lot or they would still continue that behavior because right. they're just, that's the way that they are. But right. um, yeah. I do think that a lot, there are a lot that will continue to push the envelope if they think they can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. Absolutely. All right, Miss Tamara. How are you? Thanks. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. So we talked briefly before we came on tonight, and I know you know Jessica from you got you both work together on a different page. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk in general. So I don't know, Jessica. Do you want to talk with Tamara about um, you know? Sure. Okay. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up? <laughs> So obviously, tell us a little bit about your, uh, I mean, I know you're a fairly new nurse, obviously, but what kind I'm, of nurse field do you come from and what kind of things have you encountered? Um, I am a baby nurse. I took my NCLEX in August, so I'm about a little over three months in. Is that right? Um, and I work with the elderly population. Um I have worked with them for about five years, not as a nurse, and I wouldn't be still doing it if I don't like it, but unfortunately, aggressive behavior is a common consequence of dementia and Alzheimer's. So that's something that everybody that works with that population of people gets to deal with sort of on a daily basis. Um, I think it's just kind of important to realize that you can't really stop that type of behavior but maybe talk about some of the things that we can do to alleviate um, some of the pressure that is on nurses what would are you if you're able to share and if not that's okay but what would you say like one of the most intense um, situations that you've been in would what would an example something that's I mean I can't I don't want to get into specifics because I'm still at my job and I wouldn't want to like or upset anyone but I think that it's super important to provide adequate staffing so that when you do have somebody who um, is combative that you have more than one person there to kind of help you out maybe something to distract and Sandy and I had talked earlier about how um, with that being said that brings another issue it's um if you want staff, you have to be nice to them. So you have to be nice to your support staff as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Back to the bullying issue. Absolutely. 
Yep, we see a lot of that in nursing for some reason. I don't know if people, I mean, it's the young eating the old and the old eating the young. And we need our older nurses because they have a lot of, they have a wealth of knowledge to be able to share with the newer nurses. And um, we're losing them a lot, you know, like we had um, uh, Jessica um, has a friend that, you know, that was on not too long ago that was, um, she had um, been singled out um, and, you know, basically because of her age um, and, yeah. it, and it just like, there's a lot of nurses that have been coming forward to me about that, um, about like their age and then they get the newer nurses in for a cheaper uh, wage, but yet then you have somebody that's not even a year on the floor or less um, that just became an RN that's taking care of an acute care setting and they're doing the, um, the staffing. So they're giving people the acuity is not matching the staffing. So what's happening is that some nurses will get, I'll just use it, um, you know, addiction, pain people. They'll, they'll be like three people with, um, that are pain. And then they'll have like, maybe like a surgical patient or, uh, like a, like what I use in my example for the five patients. Am I a hip surgery, a homeless person that might be, you know, using pain medicine or just have psychosis? Then you have somebody that, you know, has a needle embedded in their arm that is obviously probably not a thorn, but it's actually a needle, cellulitis, and they're going to surgery. And then you might have somebody that's, a, you know, acute pain. They, they're trying to identify the pain. They just come in and get admitted just because they're trying to, um, under observation, to try to get them pain relief. And um, so it's free to them. They come into the, the hospital to get care from us. As far as you work in a long-term facility, so you have like elderly clients. I came in, we were just talking about earlier about how it's gonna be when we get older. We need to take care of situations now because if, if it continues on the path that it is with the behaviors, not only between nurses, but if it continues between nurses and aides and stuff like that, people are not gonna stay in the same employer. They're just not. Like if you do not have a happy nurse, you're not gonna have happy staff. I mean, or even patients. And since we're on a, um, a um, um, the, the issue with the, the, the surveys, if we have the surveys and there's patient satisfaction surveys going on and they don't get reimbursement, you, you think it's gonna get any better? It's probably not gonna get any better. So, um, but what is your thoughts about that, Tamara? Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Candy. No, I, I completely that? agree with you. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have the baby boomers pretty soon. Um, it's gonna get very interesting. I think we're gonna definitely have some serious struggles as far as staffing goes. So we're we're gonna need lots of nurses and and lots of aides, and we're gonna need um, to keep them there. And it's it's in long term care, you're constantly overwhelmed and you feel understaffed anyway. It's just gonna get worse, right? For I want to say I find it interesting, like, I'm trying to compare my job, like, and I'm listening to Tamara describe her job. It's like, <laughs> this, the staffing is not, sadly, is not set up for the what if something happens, and that's the sad part. It's set up for, we can't justify these numbers based on the amount of patients that we have versus nurses, but in Tamara's field, let's say, what if you all of a sudden have a um, dementia combative patient that is out of control or slips and falls or hits their head and then your nurse is basically one-on-one. -on -one. But what 
comparing that with is like, let's say in my job, which is totally opposite labor and delivery. What happens when three active women come in in labor, okay, all at the same time, and your staffing isn't set up to accommodate these situations? And that's when, and it happens more often than not, and that's when nurses are getting burnt out and overworked and stressed and um, feeling frazzled. It's because um, it, uh, ultimately sometimes it, it's nothing but the bottom dollar just about cranking out the numbers and making things work instead of having things set up for what could happen, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, I mean, you're right, Jessica. It's it's, a, it's an issue that we have. It's not just about staffing. So we were just talking, Tamara, where we just, I was like, I think we might mention this. So, you, you know, they have this saying that, you know, and this has, it's a little unrelated, but if you can kind of place this in how I'm framing it, is that you'll have like, You'll have people that win the lottery and you have your millionaires. Those people that um, everyone's rich. Let's see if I can frame this right, Tamara. Um, no matter what they do, their practices are always going to be the same and they'll end up being still broke, right? They'll be back yeah. to broke, even though that they have um, inherited millions of dollars somehow. And that those same people, they don't change their behavior patterns. They're going to continue to have the same things coming at them. So this goes in line with organizations. If they don't continue, if they don't start changing the way that they um, are doing their practices with, you know, relationships in the workplace and, can, you know, having, building this kind of um, a, a nurse friendly, you know, nursing friendly environment, what's going to end up happening is it not only affects the patients because they feel that, that tension, what's going to end up happening is that the same culture is going to continue and it's going to continue over and over and over again. And then we're never going to be able to keep staff, right? So if you keep treating people poorly, you're going to keep getting poor results. So if that makes sense, um, does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. So, I mean, it is what, you know, it's a big circle of violence. It doesn't matter how violent it could be a, like minute, minute, like, like you gossiping about a coworker. I mean, you see where I'm going with this and we'll talk more about this, you know, as we move along, but I have to say, I really appreciate, you know, and I, you know, and I'll let Jessica chime in too, of course. Um, but Candy and Tamara, I really appreciate you guys coming on. And I know, um, Tamara, you have your own thing that you would like to talk about at some point. Um, you know, if you ever feel like talking, um, it, you know, and I have lots of stuff to say. <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> got lots of stuff to say. So, um, and uh, so I wanted to, um, you know, and, and Candy, I appreciate again you coming on and you have your Absolutely. lovely support, support Rick. And people see Rick's name there. Thank you very much, Mr. Rick, for coming on. He's um, in the healthcare field too, so he gets it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of scary, you know, coming on here, but I really appreciate you taking the time and, and you having the courage enough to be able to share with us. So thank you. Absolutely. You know, I'll leave it to you, Miss Miss uh, Jessica. Well, am I supposed to say something else? <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you want to say something else, I know I talk a lot. No, no, you're fine. Well, I mean, it, if we have a few more minutes, Sandy, do you want to share a little something about maybe something that's happened to you? And I mean, we're always discussing other people, but okay, maybe, maybe when we want to talk about what's going. On. I'm sure that you yeah, have. I got I got lots of stories. Let me see if I can chime one up. So. There's a reason why Nurses Against Violence was, was you know, I'm not gonna say erected. 
I'll just say there's a reason you know, why nurses against violence has has came about because there's lots of experiences that I have experienced that I felt that you know this needed to be in place. So um, one story was I was a team lead at a very very renowned hospital, and I absolutely love this place. I still wish I was there. Um, we had this nurse manager that would have us in the office for three or four hours at a time. Yes, I said three or four hours at a time because she needed help with Epic. She had been there for a very long time and I think she had her bachelor's or something. I don't know. It didn't even matter to me. I was there to do my job, do 150%. That's what I do. I take ownership in what I do. Um, I was always referred to as the bad nurse while the Caucasian male nurse that I was hired with in the city of Baltimore um, was referred to as the um, the good nurse. So I was the bad nurse, he was the good nurse. And that the reason why I was the bad nurse is because I knew how to talk to people that are, you know, have incarceration background, that um, are family members of people that are incarcerated. I'm just cool with everybody. Um, but when it came to getting the job done, that's when I'm like, okay, this is policy. This is what we're supposed to be doing. So I was considered the bad nurse for doing that. Um, so, and there was an incident in particular. So this is ongoing. And I was told um, one day I knew that I needed to transfer when the, um, the nurse manager said to me, being an, an African-American female, she had, um, you know, um, you know, a homosexual magazine on her, on her desk. And then she looks at me and says, you know, I'm racist. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm not. I don't know where that's even coming from. I didn't understand where this was coming from. So it kept continuing, continuing. Like she would literally be on me every, every which way I would go. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not understanding where this is going. So um, it got to a point where I put my transfer in and I'm just sitting in front of my desk in my little office. I literally had the whole place filled. Like I, when I do things, when I go through and look at exp expiration dates and stuff like that, I make sure that there's nothing expired in this facility. Like I'm almost like the quality control nurse too, right? But I did this upon my own ownership, right? So I'm having all these things and I'm like, um, typing on my computer and then in come like three nurses or uh, um, like, um, see, um, what are they, what, um, they're not CNAs, they're CNAs, but they, they're med techs. Okay. Come in and then they're saying, you know, hey, um, Rizaldi, I, I, I have to talk to you about something. And I'm like, well, what's, what's up? And I was told that everybody hated me the, this whole time. I'm like, everybody hated me for some reason. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I, I said something, you know, like, well, I thought everybody hated me. What you mean? <laughs> you know, trying to be funny. And they, they looked at me and they're like, we don't hate you. And they said, but we need to talk to you about something. Cause we, cause I was actually, when I put in my transfer, I was refused to go to this leadership meeting. Like I really wanted to go to this leadership meeting and all the upper management knew I wanted to go. Well, so when I put my transfer in the same nurse manager said, ah, uh -uh, you're not going. So the upper management contacts me back and says, Hey, what happened? And I told her what happened. I put in my transfer. And so at that time, when those people came to me, they wanted me to make a meeting with this person, this upper management. And I'm like, okay. And this is probably where all of this has come from with Nurses Against Violence. When these people came in and they, well, besides my project, 
they asked me, can you please get this person in a room? We had to go to the basement in order to be able to get away from this lady. All right. We had 20 people that showed up when they found out that Rizaldi got somebody to listen to them. There's like 20 people in the room and they were all talking and I had to open up with, well, this is what I have. And I explained everything that I just explained to you on top of there is more. And I'm like, and these are the facts and this is, and this is, and so basically everybody would give their stories. They had to build a case and it kept going on, right? Like this went over, like probably after the second time that she had people come down to spy on us, to look through the window to see if she could recognize, you know, any voices because we're out of the view. I mean, it was just insane how management just would um, do their hardest to try to find out who was saying what and what was saying, you know, what was happening. So, um, you know, and things started tightening up because she knew that I was the person that made this lead person come. And so she started breathing down my neck even more. And I called the lady one day when it was two weeks before I was supposed to go. And I was like, hey, um, I don't know what to do. This is what's happening. She's like, pick up your stuff and leave right now. Pick up your stuff and get out of there because she was on me. She was literally breathing down my neck. Wow. Probably a couple months later, I found out I got a call um, from one of the um, the CMAs or the techs Uh that contacted me and she said, guess what happened? So-and-so got let out in handcuffs. I was like, I'm sorry, what? She got let out in handcuffs. They found that she was um, embezzling. I mean, she was- Oh my gosh. So she lost her nursing license. She's doing something else right now. And also on top of that, there was like other people that were affected and you know, things like that just don't go away up here. Right. So you right. Will always be hyper vigilant. You will always worry about like, okay, so my employer's telling me that they really want me to do my best and want me to take ownership, want me to do all of this. And I am, and I'm reporting things, but yet I'm reporting things and I'm being the one that's, you know, victimized. Right. Why, why in the world does anyone even want to say anything? So all these little incidences, and I don't think I ever told Jessica all this stuff, but I mean, I have lots of stories and some stories, I might just be a panelist on the anonymous. (laughs) Nobody will ever know, but I've got some stories and some recently too. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit outrageous. And, um, and I, I, it is a blessing for me to be able to have such wonderful people that are in my organization and to have members that are coming on to divulge all of these things because it's 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 not just helping you know it's helping me too right so there's such a miscommunication when people hear like workplace violence right they they assume or their perceptions when you say violence well you didn't get beat up at work you know workplace violence constitutes a hostile work environment, whether it's physical abuse, mental abuse, sexual harassment, it's bullying, it's retaliation. Yeah. All of this is encompassing workplace violence. And that's what people don't get is they want violence to be the patient beating you up. That's belligerent, drunk, demented or whatever. No, workplace violence is so encompassing of so much more that we need addressed. Yes. And that's what I was talking to our awesome, you know, the producers that have been reaching out to me. I'm like, listen, I have a few, I mean, I've had a lot of, and I want to thank everybody that has come out and, you know, given me pictures and posted them. I just needed releases, but I still appreciate you sharing regardless because it helps other people. Absolutely. Um, and I told them, I was like, I attached the pictures and the, the consents that I got. And I said, listen, 
these wounds are are horrible but let me tell you the wounds up here exactly are so much more the worse emotional wounds are what you don't right. see right and and so this is something that we have to try to portray on friday and you know i don't know what they have in store for me but this is so so vital and i feel very honored to be able to represent absolutely all of be able to go there and and to be able to um fight the good fight and get yes. things changed so also i wanted to mention real quick before we go 1309 it's the new law that was um passed in the house for workplace violence i'm going to be coming up with some stuff um the office is going to be sending me um if you could call your legislature and start talking to them about the workplace violence i'm going to have about the bill i'm going to have more stuff on our page so i want you to ah I want you to make sure that um, if you could please contact your senators and your uh, legislature so they can get more awareness that this is actually a problem. So, and they're also watching us as well. So I want to thank everybody for coming on and let's keep an eye out for that document. I know it seems silly and we still got to break through that. You know, it's a part of the job thing. And no matter how hard we work and try to change things, it doesn't happen. Well, let me tell you something, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, and it's up to us that's going to do it. So I really appreciate you guys coming, Jessica. I'm going to end the call. And um, I just, I just appreciate you for coming on. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Have a good Bye. night. Bye. <laughs>